What is up guys, this is me again, your host, Jalen, here from the podcast of Love and Basketball, The Great NBA Debates, the number one podcast in the world. If you listen to my last podcast, then sadly, you know that my co-host is sick. He's still currently sick, so he's not here again today, but I got this, I can handle this without him. We're almost two months into the NBA, and there's a lot going on. It's a crazy season. A lot of the team standings this year was so unpredictable. There's teams doing really good that nobody thought would do good. And then there's also teams doing bad that many people thought was going to be good. But with there being so much going on in the NBA right now, let's just hop into these questions. All right, this first question says, who do you think will win Rookie of the Year? Sadly, as much as I want to say Jason Tatum, I can't. I have to go with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is dominating this year. He's only a rookie. As we all know, Ben Simmons was drafted by the 76ers in the 2016 draft as the number one pick. But he fractured his foot in practice scrimmage, causing him to miss the entire season. So, like, since he missed the season, now he's considered a rookie. But right now, he's, like, completely outplaying all these other rookies. Like, let's just look at the stats. He's leading the rookies in points per game with 18.6 points per game. A whole 2 points higher than the second place Cal Kazuma or Kuzma I'm sorry I can't pronounce his name anyways he's much above the other rookies with the points per game and then let's look at the assists he's also first place with assists per games out of the rookies or he's tied for first place with Lonzo Ball they both average 7.2 assists per game which is really good for a small force since Ben Simmons job isn't to pass the ball and dish it out for assists so that's really good and then let's look at the rebounds of course as you probably guessed Ben Simmons is also leading in rebounds with rookies per game his average Averaging 9.4 rebounds a game. He's almost averaging 10. And that's like very, very good for a rookie to be doing that. He's out rebounding all these other big men, these centers and power forward rookies who should actually be performing better than him in this category. And now let's look at the steals. He's also leading the rookies in steals with 2.25 steals per game. That's actually second in the league right behind Paul George for the OKC Thunder. For him to be a rookie and he's second place in the league for steals per game is a really phenomenal job. He's not playing like a rookie right now. He's actually playing like he's been in the league for a while. Like I said earlier, we're almost two months into the league and he already he has 12 double doubles and also two triple doubles like some players they don't even get triple doubles until about their third year in the league and he already has two as a rookie he's completely killing all the other rookies in the stat category so he's like a shoe in for the rookie of the year i wish i could say jason tatum as the rookie of the year because he played for duke and i'm a huge duke fan but ben simmons right now he's completely outballing him people predicted this though before he was drafted people said he would be really good they even said that he would be like the next LeBron he's surely playing like it right now though he may even make the all-star game like to make the all-star game as a rookie is a super accomplishment he might even start in it because like how the east is the lack of superstars out in the east might just lead to him finding a starting spot and to do that as a rookie as I keep saying is phenomenal he's definitely going to be an elite player in the future and he'll definitely have a rookie of the year trophy to go with the many accomplishments he'll get in his career
All right, next question. What do you think about Derrick Rose's future in the NBA? All right, so this story, like, it really hurts me. Derrick Rose used to be my favorite player. When I first started watching and liking basketball, it was because of Derrick Rose. That's, like, the main reason why I became such a huge Chicago Bulls fan. I started watching basketball in 2012, and that was the year he won MVP. And when he won, like, I was so happy because I really liked him back then. And then the next year in the playoffs, he tore his ACL and had to miss the entire next season which hurt me. And then when he came back from that ACL injury, he tore his meniscus in like the first game, I believe, and had to miss a whole nother season. And like ever since then, his career went downhill. Recently, he made a statement that he might retire because he's not really feeling basketball anymore. And that really sucked for me to hear. He left the Cavaliers and stopped playing because of like some personal problems. And the crazy thing is the Cavs aren't really affected by this because they actually play better when Derrick Rose is not playing, like, according to the stats. The stats show that the Cavs are more efficient when he's not on the court, which sucks. Which I feel like he knows this, so it's probably upsetting for him. He's still a decent point guard, though. Like, his stats this year, they're obviously worse than all his other seasons because he's not starting. But I feel like his stats this year are still comparable to other point guards in the league. The problem is, though, he's not really good at defense anymore. All those injuries and stuff, I feel like it affected his defense because he's not really good at defense, on-ball defense. Defenders easily get by him. And I feel like no team really wants him because of the possibility of him getting injured. That's why he probably signed the veterans minimum with the Cavs because that was, like, his best offer. He went from, like, superstar to trash, like, super quick. And I think after this season, he actually may be forced to retire because no team wants to sign him. But if he does get signed, it probably won't be for a starting spot again, which also kind of sucks. So yeah, if he retires though, I don't think he'll make the Hall of Fame at all, making him like the first MVP to not make the Hall of Fame, which again is another thing that is not going well for him. <laughs> I'm still a Derrick Rose fan though. He's not my favorite player anymore, but like I still have a huge liking for him. So I hope he finds his groove and get back to playing good and hopefully he'll get back to that old Derrick Rose. That's what I'm really hoping for. All right, last question before the debate. Is LeBron James playing better without Kyrie Irving? This is a no-brainer. Of course he is, but it's not like Kyrie was holding LeBron back. I feel like LeBron was actually holding Kyrie back, but that's a whole nother debate, and I'm not even going to get on that. I feel like LeBron is better without Kyrie simply because he has to be better. The Cavs, they're struggling with the whole point guard position. Isaiah Thomas still injured and out until January. Jose Calderon not being reliable. And Derrick Rose also not being reliable. So it's like the Cavs have no point guard right now. So like somebody has to step up if the Cavs wanted to start winning. And it was LeBron because it's LeBron. That's what he does. And he chose to play like a point guard. So he facilitates the whole offense. Before this, the Cavs, they were struggling. They had a losing record. But now that he stepped up, they're on a 10-game winning streak. And LeBron's averaging 28 points per game more than any amount he's averaged playing with Kyrie Irving. I feel like LeBron can't maintain this high level of play the full season though because like he's starting to get old and stuff. So when Isaiah Thomas is fully healthy and ready to play, I feel like the workload will be taken off LeBron's back and he'll be able to actually have a good point guard playing with him. So to answer the question, right now he's playing better without Kyrie Irving, but when Isaiah Thomas comes back, he'll be brought back down to earth. Alright guys, on to the debate. Alright, so today's debate question 
is very one-sided possibly and the question is is the 2016-17 Warriors the best team in NBA history now many people would easily say yes because that team last year that won the finals they went 15 and 1 in the entire playoffs they had a magnificent playoff run people would say that that's the best team in the NBA but no I'm going against what the typical person would say I don't think so I honestly think that the 2012-2013 Heat Miami Heat with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh when they beat the Spurs in the finals. I think that that team could honestly beat the Warriors in the playoff series. Now, hear me out, hear me out. I know a lot of y'all probably are thinking, like, what are you talking about right now? And this is no comparison. Let's just break it down a bit. All right, so let's look at the Heat's 10-man rotation. They had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Mario Chalmers, Ray Allen, Shane Battier, Norris Cole, Yodonis Haslam, Mike Miller, and Chris Anderson. That was their 10-man rotation. Now let's look at the Warriors. The Warriors had more of like a 12-man rotation, and here's their roster. Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Matt Barnes, Zaza Pachulia, Sean Livingston, Patrick McCall, Ian Clark, David West, and JaVale McGee. So I was thinking if they were to play in a series, the Heat probably would fix up their starting lineup to compete with the Warriors. For instance, Steph Curry, I feel like they would put Dwayne Wade at the point. Back then, Dwayne Wade, he was young. Like, he's not Dwayne Wade now who's all old and can't get around the court that much. This Dwayne Wade was a young, explosive Dwayne Wade. He could easily get up court very fast. He was very good at defense. He still wasn't a great shooter. But he was a decent shooter, and it was hard for defenders to guard him then. Like, he was very quick on his feet. He could get past you easily and just dunk. So, I feel like Dwayne Wade on Steph Curry, that's an even matchup. Dwayne Wade, I don't see Dwayne Wade completely locking down Steph Curry because it's Steph Curry. Like, who's going to guard Steph Curry? He's arguably the best three-point shooter in NBA history. But I feel like Dwayne Wade could put a little defense on him to slow him down a bit. And then Steph Curry, his defensive skills is not all that, to be honest. So Steph Curry, I don't think Steph Curry could guard D-Wade, that young D-Wade. And then at the two, Klay Thompson, I feel like the Heat, to compete with Klay Thompson, they would put Ray Allen at the starting two. Because Ray Allen, he was a decent defender. He was a little old on the Heat, but he still could shoot the lights out of that ball. Ray Allen, I feel like him and Klay Thompson both, their three-point is equal, in my opinion. Klay Thompson, he's a great defender, though. So, Klay Thompson may lock down Ray Allen. But the thing with Ray Allen, he's not, like, a ball handler. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. Only thing he has to do is come off a pick or a screen and just put it up, and it's going in. So, if he can get off a pick and get Klay Thompson slowing down a bit, that's a knockdown three. And then vice versa. So, that's another equal lineup. Kevin Durant last year and LeBron James. Kevin Durant was a monster last year. But then again, LeBron James on the 2012-2013 Heat, he also was a monster. In my opinion, that was probably one of his best years, in my opinion. That's an equal matchup to a degree. I feel like LeBron James then could lock down last year's Kevin Durant because obviously last year LeBron James couldn't lock down Kevin Durant because he just couldn't. He was so tired, he couldn't do all the work. LeBron James from 2012, that LeBron James, in my opinion, was a better defender, and he probably could slow down Kevin Durant from last year 
And Kevin Durant from last year, he can't stop LeBron in 2012. That's when LeBron James was putting up huge numbers. And then we have Draymond Green. This is the only place where the Warriors, in my opinion, stand out. Because the Heat would probably have put Chris Bosh on Draymond Green. Because Draymond Green is a great defender and great at offense. Chris Bosh was a decent defender, great at offense. So I feel like this is where the Heat would have to switch up a little bit. The thing with Draymond Green, though, he's like, he can shoot the three, and then he's really good in the paint, just like Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh, in my opinion, is a better three-point shooter than Draymond, but worse in the paint. So, like I said, this is a little iffy, these, this matchup. I feel like Draymond Green could lock down Chris Bosh, like, easily. Well, not easily, but I feel like Draymond Green could locked down Chris Bosh, so that would be a liability. And then at the five, Zaza Pachulia and Shane Battier. I feel like Shane Battier would be playing the four, but he would just be guarding Zaza Pachulia. Chris Bosh would be at the five, just guarding the four. Shane Battier versus Zaza Pachulia. I feel like Shane Battier is better, but not by like enough to determine the game. Like Zaza Pachulia, in my opinion, is not a great defender. I feel like they honestly should put JaVale McGee starting on the Warriors than Zaza Pachulia, because Zaza Pachulia, in my opinion, he's lacking. Like he shouldn't be there. Shane Battier, great three-point shooter. That's really about it. So Shane Battier on the heat spreads the floor more. I feel like this Zaza Pachulia guarding him, he would not be in the paint guarding him. He would have to be on the outskirts guarding him, which gives LeBron James or Dwayne Wade much more space to work in the middle. So that's why. And then the Miami Heat's bench, in my opinion, got the Warriors bench beat. Like A lot of people say the Warriors have a good bench, but not by a lot. That 2012-2013 Heat, they had a phenomenal bench. And that's why I think their bench could easily beat the Warriors bench and this is why I think the Heat could beat the Warriors in a series and that's the only team that I honestly think could beat the Warriors in a series because the 95-96 Bulls I'm not even going to argue that I don't think they can beat the Warriors in a series even though they have Michael Jordan I still don't think they could beat the Warriors but the Warriors and the Heat I feel like that series would go to a game seven of course and everybody knows how LeBron plays in game seven I feel like LeBron would take over that game seven and beat the Warriors and win the finals so that's why I have the Heat 2012-2013 Heat being better than the 2016-2017 last year Warriors. But alright guys, that's the whistle sound. We gotta wrap it up. What do you guys think about some of these questions? Give me feedback in the comments. This is your host Jalen signing off for another podcast, Loving Basketball, the Great NBA Debates. See you guys next week. Deuces.